Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I am about to spend way too much money fixing everything in my house. Uh, and I am sorry I broke your house. Uh, it's fine. You sent an electrical storm, and it's it's fine. Uh, it only blew out my fuse for the living room, uh, sent a surge back through, uh, and fried everything on, well, most everything on that. Uh, on that plug uh started uh it was my router uh our direct tv box and uh my xbox series s or not series s uh xbox one s yeah so you know a lot of equipment that just got fried for an electrical storm fortunately the tv didn't go otherwise i would have i would have lost my fucking mind and possibly killed somebody (laughs) that's true uh, but anyway, how are you? I'm doing OK. Just, uh, you know, just hanging out. Wishing that I had another day off work. Because one day is not enough. Uh, it's true. Wait, you only you work six days a week? Yes. Oof. Yeah, no, thanks. I like my two days and you, I think that's even uh, too too little. It It is what it is. Uh, someday I'll be the the big important boss boy uh and i'll have somebody else to work stupid hours uh while i go home early continue the cycle caleb the the cycle (laughs) of a toxic workplace yeah yeah it's not so bad my boss is on vacation all weekend uh what's vacation well for her it's gonna be a lot of you know still answering emails because even though i'm like no you take your bait like she she was just telling me because I was off. Uh, what? Like not last Thursday, but the Thursday before uh, because of the dog. And uh, one of my coworkers called me to be like, I can't do this thing. And I helped them for 30 minutes. And my boss got mad at them because she was like, he is off. Do not call him. You should not have called him. But uh, of course, she's like, yeah, I'm going on vacation this week. I'm like, OK, I won't call you. And she's like, no, no, no. If you're on issues, call me. And it's like, no, no, no. It's not how this works. And she's like, but I'm salaried. To which I said, I don't care. I'm not ta- I'm not talking to you for the rest of the week. <laughs> so enjoy your vacation. No, it's nice. What I'm saying is my boss is actually a good boss. Uh, I'm happy for you. Hey, thanks. All right, uh, let's get into what's your swill then. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the can! Um, I'm having a new Belgium fat tire. I think it's the uh, same thing I had last time. It is. Because I still have it. That's fair. Uh, I also am drinking something I've had before on the show uh, fairly recently as I uh, pull back up untapped to remember what it was. Uh, it's a Sierra Nevada Fantastic Haze uh, Imperial Double New England. You know what this is? Double New England? Yeah, apparently. Uh, IPA. It is an a nine percenter uh, with 40 IBUs. It's fine. It's nothing special. Hmm. All right. Uh, with that, we'll just get into the news. Oh, shit. It's mail time. All right. Never have I ever season three will premiere sometime this summer with the fourth and final season having already been ordered. Yeah. Uh, Mindy Kaling put out a post saying as much. Uh, so. There it is. Another show is is getting completed by Netflix. Yeah. Will will the everyone complaining about cancellations shut up now? No. Maybe. I'm excited. I like this show. I also like this show, so I can't wait to watch the final season. Yeah. Whenever that comes out, which will probably be 2023, hopefully, because uh, what I think there was like a two year break in between seasons one and two. And then season three is coming out uh, this summer sometime. So season four, hopefully 
the following summer. Unless they go big, in which case we'll we'll never see it. Yeah. All right. Netflix has seemingly changed its stance on ad supported tier uh, with CFO Spencer Newman saying that's not something that's in our plans right now. We have a nice scalable subscription model. And again, never say never, but it's not in our plan. While this doesn't seem to be a change, Reed Hastings has stated publicly as recently as September 2020 that the company has no interest in serving its customers ads. So. Never say never is a far cry from saying maybe some point even, but like. Right. Uh, And and that's the big thing. And like a lot of people are freaking out about the verbiage and I'm just like, I understand it. And I respect you freaking out and being like, what a massive change. And it is like. It is technically it is really a big change based off of everything I said in the past, but also like. I mean, uh, also in that same conference, he was basically like, we're aware of everybody else doing it like HBO has it. Disney's uh, doing something as well with that. So uh, I think it's more like, hey, we're open to the concept of it, but it doesn't mean it's happening Mm -hmm. right now. Who knows? Maybe in the future. But I've seen a lot of people say, if I see an ad supported tier, I'm canceling Netflix. Again, these are the same people who are like, they cancel my favorite show. I'm canceling Netflix. So uh, who knows what people actually will do uh, if and when that happens. But uh, what are your thoughts? I don't know. Maybe they'll cancel Netflix. Uh, I hope so. I want them to (laughs) shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't care. I expect that, like, if if they do an ad supported tier, it would be like at a price point lower than existing tiers, and it would just be like an extra tier. So it's not really relevant to me, I guess, because I already have a higher tier than that. Right. Thank you, patrons. Uh, like if they started doing it as like, oh, now our our tier that. Uh, currently exists at this level. Now it has ads like that sucks. Right. That's that's where I start looking at it and going, oh, OK, well, that's a bold choice to do such a stupid thing for additional cash. 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 Got to get that cash. Got to get that cash. Yeah, like, like it'll be a different tier. And I'm OK with that, like as long as it doesn't cause another increase in price, which I know is the thing like Disney's uh, looking at their ad supported tier. And people are like, oh, well, that just means uh, a price increase is coming for Disney. So as long as that doesn't happen anywhere else with Netflix, considering the fact that like their plans are already some of the highest prices in the industry, I'm OK. Mm hmm. So, Yeah. Whatever. I'm not too concerned about it. Nah, I'm not either. And no one really should be. All right. And that'll bring us into downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! So our first trailer this week is for Soil. Uh, If a Muslim passes away, he burdens his relatives with a delicate dilemma. Do we bury him here or in his native country? Ismail has found a solution. What if we were to import soil from Morocco to Belgium to bury our deceased here? Let's start a soil business. Without realizing it, he opens Pandora's coffin. To revamp with a family business, a young entrepreneur sets up a bold yet risky plan of importing soil from Morocco to bury his community's deceased. Dan, what did you think of this trailer? Uh, I think it's a very bad trailer uh, because it doesn't show me anything. It's just like, hey, this is a thing that we're doing and doesn't show any kind of consequences for their actions. It's just a thing that's happening. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, looks like uh, kind of a neat concept for a movie. Could be funny, but yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, it could be funny, but I don't. Again, I don't know anything about it. So, like, if it is funny, cool. If it's supposed to be a serious movie, then I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Our next trailer is for Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood, a coming of age story, the way only Richard Linklater could tell it. Inspired by Linklater's own life, Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood takes you to the moon and back in this story about growing up in the 1960s in Houston, Texas. 
And it stars Glenn Powell, Zachary Levi, and Jack Black, written and directed by Richard Linklater. A man narrates the story of his life as a 10-year-old boy in 1969, nice, Houston, (laughs) weaving tales of nostalgia with a fantastical account of a journey to the moon. So, Caleb, what'd you think? Uh, Looks neat, I guess. Um, It's got, like, um, it's, like, rotoscoped. So they had, like, actors do it and then animated over it. Uh, it even says like, I think it says like from the creators of a scanner darkly, which is probably like, yeah, well, yeah, Richard Linklater directed that, I guess. So, uh, yes, carry on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Looks, uh, it looks fun and cool. Uh, yes, I've never seen a single Richard Linklater movie. I I know he directed Boyhood, which, uh, is the movie that took place over like 12 years. Like, and they shot it over 12 years with people. I, I I believe is how the story goes. Uh, so this will be my first Richard Linklater movie. Should I watch it? So it says inspired by Linklater's own life. I think it's important to like distinguish between inspired by and based on here. Because Correct. Richard Linklater did not go to the moon as a boy. Yeah, we don't know that. It was it was classified. Yeah. So for all you know, he went to the moon and now he's finally, you know, he's just like, hey, uh, 1969 to 2022. Uh, who gives a shit anymore? And now I'm going to tell the, the classified story of my origins as a man. <laughs> 1969 called. It said nice. Uh. All right. Uh, for our last trailer this week, uh, we've got the trailer for Metal Lords. Two kids start a metal band in high school where exactly two kids care about metal. They can't find a bassist, but there is this one girl who plays the cello. They need to work together if they're ever going to win the battle of the bands. For teenage misfits Hunter and Kevin, the path to glory is clear. Devote themselves to metal, win battle of the bands, and be worshipped like gods. Uh... So, like, there's a part where the one kid's putting, like, you know, a studded choker and, like, he has his face painted white with, like, black shit around his eyes and stuff. Uh, And I guarantee at some point in this movie, his dad says something about, like, thinking he's a school shooter or something fucked up. Or, like, calls him a six-letter F-word for homosexual. Oh, no. That's a slur. Oh, no. I fucking hope not. I hope not either. I hope none of this happens, but I'm worried. That's from the trailer. That's the things that I worry about. Right. So the big thing to to note with this movie is that it's uh, written and directed by D.B. Weiss, uh, a.k.a. the one of the men who, who ruined Game of Thrones forever. Yeah, that's true. I I don't know. I'm just I'm making a joke. I don't really care. Uh, he he might have. He might not have. Uh, get over it. Yeah, I, don't know. I thought Game of Thrones was fine. How dare you? All right, Dan. That'll bring us over to quick hits, where we talk about some things we watched this week outside of the normal viewing schedule. Uh, we'll start with you. What did you watch? Uh, I watched Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, uh, the, the original. The, sequel. The, 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 the video game. Yeah, I watched I watched people play Jumanji, the board game on a uh, Twitch stream. Good enough. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's dumb and fun and campy and the CGI is really bad and it's bad and the, the CGI is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny. Funny, funny how? Like, do I amuse you? Yes. Robin Williams is running around wearing banana leaves and people are looking at him like he's a crazy person because he has a turtle shell on his head. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. Never... It's a funny joke. Uh, I haven't watched that movie in a long, long time, uh, but uh, I remember enjoying it when I was younger, so I'm sure I'll hate it now. That's how that yeah, always probably. works. I don't know. It's uh, I think I had seen it maybe twice before, so not a huge attachment. I don't know. I like the I like the new ones. Sure, the new ones are fun. 
Uh, well, actually, the first one's very fun. Uh, the second one, I think, is just kind of like a, eh. Yeah. Y- you guys had it in one, just stop. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Uh, what about you? Uh, so I watched the Netflix thing. Uh, it's called Guardians of Justice. It's uh, written and directed by Adi Shankar. It's uh, seven episodes. Uh, and it's basically like if you've ever if you're a DC comic book fan, you might like this a lot. So basically, it's a bastardization of the DC Justice League. So it has a Superman type, a Wonder Woman type, a Batman type, a Flash type, a Green Arrow type, uh, a Black Canary type, and uh, a Robin type. Also a Shazam type. Uh, okay. all, all in the ju- in the Justice League. And, uh, you know, it was like the beginning of World War Three in its alternate history. So the beginning of World War Three happens in 1947. Uh, after Hitler gets resurrected as a robot a la Wolf- Wolfenstein. So if you've ever played Wolfenstein, you're, yeah. you're aware of like this kind of like, you know, high concept ridiculousness fantasy shit. <laughs> so uh, Hitler comes back and then uh, there's this guy called Marvelous Man who shows up and he's like, no, 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 we're done with this fucking war shit. I, I'm, I've had it with you guys uh, and puts the put, puts an end to all war. Uh, and that inspires more heroes to come forth and worry about the street level crimes. So this is where you get like your um, your Batman type, who is called Nighthawk, uh, played by Diamond Dallas Page. The oh, wrestler. my God. Yeah. So that is a name I've not heard in many years. So there's that uh, his. Uh, so uh, Marvelous Man is the Superman clone. Uh, he is played by the guy who plays uh, Kovach from. Um, yeah. Uh altered carbon. Yeah. But which, the original which version Kovach, of him. Okay. The, the original one, <laughs> not uh the Joel Kinnaman. I uh, I remember him from Skyscraper, where he says, uh it was it's nice to finally meet you to the rock, despite never speaking to him the entire time when he was supposed to be original Val Johnson type, uh f- through the movie and all the scenes yeah. got cut. Yeah. So yeah, they they build this all together and uh Diamond Dallas Page is basically the main character where he goes through solving the mystery being because at one point, um, Marvelous Man's wife played by uh, and she's actually like the Black Widow type of of the uh, of the Justice League in this in this universe. But uh, so like it's a combination of both DC and Marvel, but mainly DC. Uh, she's like, no, there's no way he would have killed himself. Uh, it had to have been murder. So. Uh, Nighthawk, a.k.a. Diamond Dallas Page, becomes the main character investigating the murder of Marvelous Man. I was really gripped by it, uh, but then episodes six and seven, where everything starts wrapping up, fall, make the story fall completely apart. Like, it, it just became, like, kind of indecipherable what the fuck was even going on and who was on what side and blah, <laughs> blah, blah. So, like, for five episodes, I'm like, I'm engaged. Like, I'm here for this. I'm ready to watch this. And then six and seven i and i won't say why they they fall apart but they fall apart and i just go what the fuck just happened here so look also the big thing is to know if diamond dallas page is this main star of your show uh and another actor is denise richards this is uh b-movie garbage type (laughs) and it is uh like you and you can tell what B movie garbage looks like based on how everything is lit. Like everything is so flatly lit, as opposed to like you know an actual movie being made where the lighting is actually like they take the care to light everything and blah. So be aware you're going into something very campy. I you know I saw the first episode and was like, okay, I'm into the camp factor. Like it's it's not going to be like this upper echelon thing where I'm like, Oh my God, I love this based off of like the lighting, the acting, the storytelling, the cinematography. But, uh, I had an okay enough time to start out, but, uh, the, the ending kind of left me sour. So, uh, I will wind up giving this a two and a half, but it was a good try. Adi Shankar. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and that's it. That's all I watched this week. Well then why don't, We cut into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our main topic for the week. uh, The Adam Project. Starring Adam. 
and his project. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review tab before the week. The Atom Project. Uh, the Atom Project is a new action-adventure comedy on Netflix. Uh, it is rated PG-13, clocks in an hour 46 minutes, and it's rated a uh, 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Nice. nice. Uh, <laughs> we're so stupid uh, a time traveling pilot teams up with his younger self and his late father to come to terms with his past while saving the future wow they really just spoil that huh yeah just tells you everything it stars Ryan Reynolds Walker Scobell and Mark the Ruffalo Buffalo it's so weird they just they just give it away yeah Whatever. It's like, fuck it. Here's what happens in the movie. You'll watch it, you uh, dumb piece of shit. Fuck you. Right. Right. Uh, so what did you think of? Uh, hey, we're not keeping Mark Ruffalo a secret. The movie. Uh, I actually liked it quite a bit. It's uh, it's a fun little romp. I don't know. It's it's pretty typical Ryan Reynolds fair. Uh, he Ryan Reynolds does like a bajillion movies. None of them ever have to be good. Uh, he just, you know, gets roles because he's charismatic and uh, that's fine. Um, while that's true, I think he actually does probably the most I've seen him do in a movie in a while in this one. Yeah. I mean, like maybe probably since like the first Deadpool, I think. I mean, I'm not saying like he's, you know, Academy Award deserving nomination actor man for Deadpool, but like mm-hmm. he does enough to make me like really care about that character outside of the fact that it's a comic book movie. So uh, kudos for that, I, th- I guess. Yeah, I think that that's a fair assessment. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I also actually enjoyed this movie. Surprisingly, uh, I will give it up to Walker, Texas Ranger, whatever his last name is. Uh, because apparently he memorized the entire Deadpool 2 script uh, at the age of 11, uh, which is a failing on his parents' part because yes, that's uh, true. an 11 year old should not be watching uh, Deadpool 2. Well, they did do a PG 13 cut of it. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh my God. Yeah. And they framed it with Deadpool telling the story to Fred Savage while he was tied to a bed. What a weird thing that that is that I just said. Yeah, I, like, I mean, you're right. Like, that is I, I completely forgot about that until you said that. But. OK, yeah, I mean, good, 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 good poll. So, OK, so maybe he watched that version of, of Deadpool. Uh, let's be honest, he did. He, he definitely <laughs> watched the R-rated version of it. But so, like, that's why he has the Ryan Reynolds mannerisms down. Like, I. I I was watching the movie and being like, oh, my God, this kid is Ryan Reynolds. Like, it's actually like uncanny how much he's acting like Ryan Reynolds right now. Yeah, it's kind of true. So that's fantastic casting. Like, I think it's competently made. I think it does enough emotionally where you're like you're invested. Like the Zoe Saldana stuff is like a bit soap opera. Like, I think she's playing a little over the top there, but. Yeah, it's actually it's actually quite good. Um, I don't know. I like I like the aesthetic of it because like they have obviously like a bunch of neat future tech and shit. And uh, I don't know. That was that was kind of like part of the movie that stood out to me is just like. I don't know. I think they did a, a cool like. 
kind of retro futury thing where it's like, you know, what a 12 year old kid would think the future looks like. Because they have like Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy ships and. You know. Yeah, people just appear out of nowhere because they can all turn invisible. All right. Uh, so. Broad strokes, the story is about Adam Reed, a 12 year old kid uh, and also a grown Ryan Reynolds. Uh, so as a 12 year old, he's uh, grieving the death of his father in a car crash about a year, year and a half prior. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we jump cut to uh, exterior outer space. Uh, the starship is flying away while being shot at. Uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, holds his hand to a, a wound in his side. Um, he opens the wormhole and and zips through. Uh, sometime later, uh, Adam Reed, age 12, walks into his garage and finds uh, a wounded Ryan Reynolds standing there and is like, hey, uh, what the fuck? Uh, he puts it together in about two minutes that it's him from the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they don't beat around the bush there, which is, you know, refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, that's this is the way to do that type of thing. Uh, They also hand wave away paradoxes because it's like, hey, you know, once you go back to your time, like the timeline just kind of fixes itself. It's you don't have to think about it too much. Right. They call it like fixed time. So like uh, whenever they kill people, they just turn to dust uh, instead of like their bodies existing forever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like. I guess kind of like how. Is it kind of like how Avengers did it? Because it's just like everybody has their specific point in time or like everybody just has personal timelines or whatever. Uh, Yes, but like the the, the only I think the only difference is like death is just like you you like you you do. You do fully get Marty McFly if your younger self uh, dies, which we see. Yeah. So, yeah. Ryan Reynolds was going back in time to try to find his his wife, his wife, uh, who was lost in 2018. But he he fucked up and landed in 2022. Uh, yeah, you really do fuck up if you land in 2022 instead of 2018. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, you're. You know, in the first like. Still within the first three years of the pandemic and the kids like the the first what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, the the really deadly strains of COVID haven't even started yet. And he's just like, the what? The what now? That's the thing. The movie's set in 2022. Uh, and a lot of people are like really right up next to each other. Uh, I think we're hitting the point where no one gives a fuck anymore. Yeah. And everyone's just like, eh, well, who cares? I mean, as we find out in the movie that like the timeline has already been altered. <laughs> so maybe they just changed the timeline so there's no COVID. Oh my god! So that the company uh, can grow at an exponential rate. So wait, imagine instead. Imagine instead. So they 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 went back. They eliminated COVID, but then they gave themselves <laughs> stock market tips. Yeah, like imagine the the paradoxical conundrum you have now. Like, hey, like it, buy buy Google stock and also take a trip to China and shoot this one pangolin. <laughs> <laughs> but like. Just imagine, just just think about that. Like, if you're Ryan Reynolds, like, hi, I stopped COVID nineteen. He goes, wait, what? I have no idea. Like, oh, adult one. He goes, I have no idea what that is. And it's like, exactly. Of course, you have no idea what yeah, that is because it never welcome. happened. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, but also, I have to get these stock tips so yeah. I can become rich and powerful. Uh, just imagine that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out that um, Adam's dad, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, created uh, a particle accelerator that became the basis of time travel technology. Uh, so they find out that like the timeline's already been changed around. Uh, all for the machinations of of one real shitty person who turns out to be the villain. Uh, so they have to go back to even farther in the past and find uh, Mark Ruffalo so that they can go and blow up the particle accelerator uh, and prevent time travel from ever having existed. Yep. Which is neat. Like, I don't know. It it turns out to be like, like, oh, we have to go 
you know, it's like a rescue mission. Uh, and then it's like, oh, maybe we can we can fix things for, you know, ourselves. Ourself. And then it's like, oh, now now the mission is just sabotage. Yeah. Uh, so how did you, uh, Mr. Father Issues himself, uh, enjoy the uh, fa- the daddy issue stuff? Yeah. So like they will we'll kind of jump cut to like the epilogue or like right before the epilogue. Uh, they resolve the plot and then uh, Mark Ruffalo and his his adult son and uh, young son, who are the same son, uh, all start to play catch together. And I started singing Cats in the Cradle and a single tear rolled down my cheek. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Your pain, your pain is hilarious to me. I know it's true. So like, yeah, I, I enjoyed that stuff. Like that's actually where like Ryan Reynolds actually gets to show off and actually be like show. He's actually like, a capable actor and isn't just pigeonholed into like the smart Alice like this. I Try to say smart ass and smart Alec at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah, I smart Alice. That. Don't be so smart, Alice. Yeah. One of these days, Alice, to the moon. I'm going to stimulate the American economy by buying an American car. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Oh, if you don't get that joke. Oh, man, I feel bad for you. One of these days, Alice, bang, zoom, straight to the moon. He was just using space travel as a euphemism for beating his wife. <laughs> uh, that's true. But like, yeah, so like the, the father son stuff is, is good. Like and also like the the healing that both the adult Adam and the young Adam go through, uh, like helping each other with because adult Adam is has like perspective on life. Like he's able to reflect back on everything he's lived through and be like, this is what happened. Like, this is the way I could perceive things like there's actually this scene in the bar with with uh jennifer garner that he has where he's like no 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 this is what you do with the kid because you know i i can't tell you i'm him but also i, I i've experienced what it's gone through and i know like i was ungrateful and piece of shit and i, sh- I should have been like better to you mm-hmm. uh so here, here's how you approach the kid in a way that actually makes sense so that way you know uh, you, you heal this relationship that he it's seemingly that he's destroyed in a way. Right. So like there's that kind of there's that kind of scene. There's a scene with Mark Ruffalo, uh, like them working through their shit together. Uh, and also like uh, the scene where young Adam and old Adam uh, work out their shit uh, with like the dad issues. And he's like, yeah, dad bought us a fucking pitch back because he never wanted to play catch with us anymore. And young Adam's like, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. I wanted the pitch back, so he got it for me, so that way I could have it. And you know, Dad played catch with us no matter what. Even like he he saw us outside, he came outside no matter how tired he was, played catch with us. And it's kind of like a, you know, a, a a reminder that like even though like you feel like you have perspective on how things were, sometimes you still forget. Like sometimes you still uh, distort the past in your own mind. Uh, to fit a narrative that you believe in. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Also, sometimes though, some uh, some of her dads are just kind of shitty. That's true. <laughs> but uh, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, Mark Ruffalo was one of them. It, you know, yeah, he was busy a lot, but, you know, he still clearly made time for his son. Yeah. It's just, you know, the kid, you're mad at him for being dead as opposed to, you know, being a shitty dad, which he was not. Ah, that is true. The fights and stuff are cool. Like the future tech is cool. Mm. Ryan Reynolds has like, I don't know. They call it, they refer to it as a lightsaber. Cause it's like, like I said, it's, it's the, the tech is like stuff that kids would want. Like it kind of just has like that aesthetic where it's like, whoa, cool spaceships and you know, that kind of shit right like it's like they if they wanted to merchandise off this or mm-hmm. merchandise this they could but, but like uh, it's netflix so they won't but it like it's a lightsaber in in as far as like it's it's sort of an energy stick i guess but it's like i don't know it reminds me more of like vibranium shit from like the marvel universe because like you know he can use it to like 
project a shield around himself or like if he hits mm-hmm. stuff, it creates a shockwave and yeah, it's neat. Yeah, it's a neat gadget. Yeah, you're definitely right there. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's an adventure movie that has a singular plot that, uh, y- you know, you can pretty much tell whether or not they're going to to complete the, the singular plot. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. But from that perspective, it's it's kind of a predictable movie, you know. The good the good people will win because they have to. Yeah, they must. They can't have you going home sad. They will do it because they must. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to say about the movie? Mm. Mm. Nah, I think I'm all right. Yeah, like I, mean, I said, too- it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly good. I I didn't expect like it to be as good as it as it was. Uh, I, I I'm not gonna say I expected it to be garbage, but uh, I definitely didn't expect it to be like, you know, more than competent. Yeah, same. Uh, so what would you give it? Let's go three and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's like a low three and a half for me. But yeah, three, I, three and a I, half's kind of just become my. <laughs> My go-to, I guess. Right. That's fair. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Three and a half. All right. Uh, and that'll move us into the dick pick segment. So if you've never listened to the show before, dick picks is where we take a random dictionary word, search it on Netflix and uh, watch whatever comes out. So we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. So Dan, what was it was your turn? What was your word? What'd you pick? Well, in standard Dan fashion, uh, I don't remember what the fuck the word was, uh, but it was we're, a word. We're off to a running start so far. Look, this is this is to be expected with me. Uh, this happens every time. Don't don't even start. Uh, but it was the Chadwick Boseman vehicle, Twenty One Bridges. That's true. Uh, Twenty One Bridges is a 2019 R-rated action thriller. It's a six point six out of ten on IMDb. Uh, hour and thirty nine minutes. An embattled NYPD detective is thrust into a citywide manhunt for a pair of cop killers after uncovering a massive and unexpected conspiracy Uh, that's not technically accurate. He discovers the conspiracy after being thrust into a citywide manhunt for a pair of cop killers as directed by Brian Kirk and stars Chadwick Boseman. uh, And also J.K. Simmons is here with Sienna Miller. So what is going on with with IMDb just giving away everything? Yeah, I don't know. Don't know, man. Uh, what do you think of the movie, though? OK, so I didn't know that there was a police conspiracy, but like I was figuring it out through the movie. So like in that kind of way, I appreciate the movie for letting me be able to figure it out with the information presented to me. Uh, but also, I feel like the movie is a bit like obvious. Uh, that said, I really like Chadwick Boseman in the movie. Yeah. So like uh, I was engaged the whole time, and that's about all I can ask for in a thriller. Yeah. I also liked it. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'm going to write a letter home about it, but, you know, it's, right. it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, an hour and 40 minute movie, like a hundred minute movie that is just perfectly solid and keeps your attention throughout the entire movie is, is just fine with me. Um, I'll I'll always be a bit. Bummed out for the movies that we could have had from Chadwick Boseman. Like, I don't I don't feel that he had done his best work yet. But uh, I don't know. I like him in this. He's just I don't know. He he kind of has that whole like. Stoic, you know, this is the way it is. Incorruptible, like super cop thing going on. Right. Even though like the beginning of the movie seemingly casts some doubt on that or it wants to cast some doubt on that by having him with internal he, affairs being like, yeah. why did you discharge your weapon? Cause he's talking to, cause he's killed like many people in the line of duty and they're just like, Hey, you know, a lot of people would be kind of fucked up in the head about that. How are you doing? And he's just like, it's my job. I did what I had to do. I don't think about right. it. No, I don't. I, I, I am the sharp stick of justice. Yeah. And no, no, like, I, what? <laughs> no, I don't see their faces at night. Um, I am, uh a terminator (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's uh, it, when you hear him say what he says, you're just like, what the fuck am I listening to? Yeah. This, this man sounds like a psychopath. Yeah, but it, it works, though. Like, it, it's great for his character. So, yeah. Well, right. Like, whenever you realize it, like, it's it wasn't like him being a psychopath. It was more just like, I live for this job. I live and breathe this job. Like you said, he is incorruptible. Like, there there is no chance that he is going to be you know, our villain at the end of the movie, he is always going to be what he's going to be. What people say are good cops mm-hmm. in, in the system. Yeah. And like I said, he's, he's incorruptible to the point that he doesn't even think about it. They're like, Hey, why don't you take all this money to be like an actual millionaire and just look the other way. And he's like, I'm going to shoot you now. Right. Like he, there's no hesitation, no thought. It's just like he's he's like RoboCop. Like, <laughs> sure, yeah, but like, yeah, he he does that. Like he he, I mean, we we're getting to the end here, but like, um, you know, he he's at J.K. Simmons' house when because like I figured this out about halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh, this is why the eight five is so gung ho on getting this guy because they. Like it, like obviously they're doing some sh- shady shit, and like when it when it all re- is revealed, I'm like, yes, I called all of this stuff, and I'm not like patting myself on the back. Like ultimately, I find that to be a negative as well. Like if I'm able to guess what's going on halfway through the movie, then that is kind of a failing on the writing. Uh, sure. Like in in the movie's defense, I don't know where else they'd have gone with it, but right. Like, but it that's a fairly typical plot. Like that's that's training day. That's, you know, insert cop movie. That's fair. I mean, yeah, it feels like anytime you have a cop movie, there's always going to be that one corrupt cop that winds up being the big bad at the end. And I mean, they they set up everything throughout the movie. Like it starts at a funeral for uh, for Andre's dad, who was killed in the line of duty by uh, three guys. And one of them got away. And I just went, huh, that's interesting that one of them got away. And then we just leave that on a dangling thread for a while. Yeah. Like the actual manhunt portion of this kind of mm-hmm. breezed right by. Oh, yeah, I think it's the best part of the movie is whenever they're whenever like they're they're chasing, they're following up on the crime scenes like every everywhere they go, like they, they show up at um the like the 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 restaurant with like it's him and Sienna Miller and they're like, all right, uh, there's a a BMW on fire in Chinatown. They race over to Chinatown. They're like, all right, there's a second set of tracks. We need cameras. We we, we need to see where they're going. And they find out like <laughs> you know here's who the car is registered to. We're gonna go you know, uh, it probably probably the part of the movie where it was like, hey, this we're for sure we for sure know that Chadwick Boseman is incorruptible is when they break into the apartment. Or the cops do like they no knock into the apartment of the ex girlfriend of the uh, the guy who set up the deal, mm-hmm. and uh, the the one cop starts beating the shit out of the guy who's in the bed, and uh, Chadwick Boseman is like, "Hold on, stop! He can't tell us anything if you beat if you kill him." And so, like, he wins over the trust of like the girlfriend, and then she tells him all the information he needs to know. And I, like I said, that that's the point where you're like, OK, this is the hero cop that we need in this movie. Like he's he's definitely not going to be swayed by anything that happens after this. From what I knew about the movie going in and from like, you know, trailer and like the description of the movie and stuff, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a movie about them locking down the island of Manhattan. And then like two guys trying to sneak past that and and like. How do they figure out who it is and get them? Uh, that didn't really happen. Like it's they just no. they just kind of go to where they are. It's like, oh, we got them on this traffic cam. Let's go to where they are. Oh, they're still here. Let's shoot them. Right. And they find out who they are pretty quickly. So it's not like it's a manhunt in the sense that like they don't know who they're looking for. Like they mm-hmm. I think at one point somebody's like, yeah, they're going to know who you like. They, they know who we are. Like it's not going to take them long to find out who we are. It's just. You know, how do we get away from that? Yeah. And I, I think that stuff with because um, the, the white guy was Taylor Kitsch, who I did not recognize at all. Hmm. That is Gambit, for those of you who are unaware yeah. from uh, yeah, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, and the other, kid, the other guy is from um, 
I think it's from If Beale Street Could Talk. He's like the main character in that. But I haven't seen that movie. But like like their their stuff is interesting and like you can tell they're in over their heads, but like not on purpose. Like it's not one of those things well, where it's like, like they're out. that's that's kind of what they find out too, is that like mm-hmm. the the original heist that they pulled off was also a setup in the first place. Like they weren't supposed to ever walk out of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it feels like they were supposed to, you know, get in, get some drugs and then walk out. It's just like a series of unfortunate events where like, you know, four cops show up and just being like, hey, we're here to pick up the drugs. And then, you know, they they have to engage in a shootout with them. And then, you know, four more cops show up, they engage in a shootout with them. And then, of course, they have to, you know, you, you kill a bunch of corrupt cops. And it's like, well, we got to move on. We got to we got to get away from this situation that we've unfortunately gotten ourselves into that we probably would have gotten away with Scott Scott free if cops were involved already. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. Overall, I think the movie's good. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know really what else to say about it, but. Yeah, I agree. Like there, it's a it's a decent, solid romp. That uh, goes fucking buck wild at the end. Yeah. Uh, for a movie called 21 Bridges, I expected them to see to show more than just like the one aerial shot of the bridge. So. Well, there was that cool shot where they had like all the cops flood Manhattan. Yeah. Like when when Chadwick Boseman was like, here's the plan. We're going to shut down the bridges. The the subways are going to loop the the we're going to shut down the, the rivers. Like no one's going to get past this on the rivers. And then we're going to flood the island with blue and like that. And that was just like a cool visual they were doing. Like there was a lot of like cool shots. Like whenever the, the criminals are coming into the alley in Chinatown, there's that crane down shot mm-hmm. of them. Like it felt like kind of very noir And like also the score was a bit noir as well. So, you know, not as much of a throwback as something like, say, um, Under the Silver Lake, which is very nah. neo-noir. But uh, this this also had some of those elements and made me appreciate them. So here's a, a an IMDb goof. When police cars were rushing into Chinatown, those who can read Chinese can clearly see that the sign on the archway above reads Philadelphia Chinatown, uh, <laughs> not the Manhattan Manhattan Chinatown in which the story took place. In fact, ah, that's funny. In fact, New York City's Chinatown does not have an archway. Yeah, it is funny. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone got fired for that goof. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like this movie owes me some bridges, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I would watch this again if somebody wanted to. I don't know that I would seek it out. Uh, yeah. And I think therefore it gets a three. I'm going to go three and a half. I think I recommend this a little bit more than the Adam Project. Now, of course, the Adam Project is you think so. a bit a bit more family friendly. So like that's more general, but like definitely this, more you know, fun. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a much more adult movie. And I, I think I, I, I like that more than, you know, the, the slightly more focused towards kids movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, on that, what are we doing next week, Dan? All right, next week on the show, we have uh, Windfall. This is the Jesse Plemons, uh, Jason Siegel, Lily Collins movie, which I think is just going to be the three of them, for all I'm aware of. Uh, where it's uh, Jason Siegel robs a house, and uh, Jesse Plemons and Lily Collins yeah. show up, and uh, things un- unfold from there. Uh, and then on the back of that, we'll be watching a patron request review for Desperado from Paul from The Countdown. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I like Desperado. It's it's got all the good people in it. I've never seen it. I've seen it at least once. I think I think I had a stint in college where I was like all about these movies for some reason. Mm. So I just like marathoned uh, El Mariachi, Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah, I've seen none of them, so. Um, Fuck it. Yeah, I don't know. There's a. There's a a sex scene with Selma Hayek in it. um, And apparently, like, Robert Rodriguez was really shitty to Selma Hayek during that. 
and oh, no. uh, it was like really traumatic for her. So, and I think that this was her first movie. Oh, so and it's not great. Oh no, that's very bad. Yeah, it's not good. But oh well. Um, yeah. <laughs> It uh, it is what it is. She seems to have made a full recovery. Shit, uh, this is not good. <laughs> I don't know. the The movie's quite good. Okay, uh, let's let's run away from this as fast as possible. You can find the show at NetflixandSwill.com. If you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, uh, check out our Patreon page. You can contribute to us monetarily and uh, make us watch movies like Paul does. Uh, at our five dollar level, also check out our merch page. I, f- I feel like I can try to explain like, oh, well, as in like, oh, well, the movie's still pretty good. But then like I, I've already like uh, killed myself, so. I can't put the bullets back in the gun. But yeah, you can <laughs> you can you can buy our things uh, if you want to support, you know, this kind of thing. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, you're a monster. That's true. It's okay. Someday soon, I'll be dead. All right. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, "Bitter." And uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying, "We'll see you next Tuesday." Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.